And good morning to you, or afternoon or evening, whenever you're watching this program. Uh, this is from Lighthouse Church, Amherstburg. I'm Pastor Adrian Nineveh. Uh, we're celebrating Easter 2022. You know, it's been a kind of a tough couple of years through the pandemic and trying to worship God. We're just glad at Lighthouse Church to be celebrating uh, this Easter uh, with the whole church united, no social distancing and no mass required. And to just to just focus on the, the greatest event that transpired in human history, that is the triumphal um, ascension of Jesus Christ from the grave. I've titled the message, He is Risen. You know, sometimes when you think about the whole aspect of Easter, I want to look at the idea of purpose. Purpose to many of us at times seems elusive. Purpose has been defined at times as uh, an object to which one strives for, for which something, for which something exists, uh, an aim or a goal. When you see the combination of a successful career, a loving family, a strong social network, it seems like the recipe for a perfect life. However, even those who can check off all those boxes would sense at times and feel like something is missing. And that something is their purpose in life. Finding your purpose is extends more than just a cliche or a dream that will never be fulfilled. It's actually a tool for a better, happier, healthier life that few people attempt to use in terms of what is your purpose. There was a survey done in the United States of America where it talked about that 25% of Americans cite that a clear sense of purpose about what makes their lives meaningful, according to one analysis, says that they uh, really only sense that the 75% think, uh, I have no meaning, I have no sense of purpose in life. Well, 25%, yeah, I, I do have purpose. Well, another 40% either claim neutrality or say, I, I really don't have any purpose in life whatsoever. The one thing about Jesus Christ as we study the scripture is that he always had a clear sense of purpose in his life. And we will see that in today's passage. You know what, when he was just a child and he was uh, taken to Jerusalem by his parents, <coughs> they actually lost Jesus. Talk about a, <coughs> a challenge. And then uh, when he was found by his parents, he said to his parents in Luke 2.49, and he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So even at a young age, there was this, this instinctive reality within Christ that he had a purpose. I must be about my father's business. And when talking with Nicodemus in the Gospel of John chapter 3, one of the Jewish leaders, he said these words, For God did not send his world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, speaking himself he realized that his purpose was to save the world. In Luke 19.10, Jesus, in talking with, his, with the Pharisees and Sadducees, along with his disciples, said this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. There you have purpose. In John 10, the last part of verse 10, he said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Again, a distinct sense of purpose. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 31, he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. Jesus knew the purpose in his life. Do you? Today we're going to look at the resurrection story of Christ 
and his purpose fulfilled through that resurrection. As we do, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our Father, we've come before you. We thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we thank you that today is a day we set aside on our calendar to celebrate the resurrection uh, from the dead. Lord, that you uh, were victorious over death, over Satan, uh, Lord, over all those things. And Lord, we're just grateful and appreciative that you conquered death. And so, Lord, uh, we just want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you've accomplished. Bless your word to our hearts, we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles with you, John 28, 1 to 10, we read these words in Matthew. <laughs> I said John, didn't I? Matthew 28, as you look in your Bibles, uh, verses 1 through to 10. And there we read these words. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. What a wonderful story that we read from Scripture as to what happened at the resurrection. You know, as we look at that first verse where he says to not to be afraid and to go tell his brothers, which is the last verse, he, he, we know that Jesus Christ came to earth with a purpose. He came to die for the sins of humanity. Had he not suffered death and the cross, there would be no payment for your sin and for mine. He, if he had not died, he could not have offered life to all who believe in him. His death, however, was not the end of the story. In fact, his death was, had been the end, uh, then we would have no hope if that was the case. Had Jesus not risen from the grave, he would have been like all other men. His resurrection set him apart from all who came before him. Jesus' resurrection, my friend, is our source and assurance of our hope this morning. Because he lives, those who belong to him are promised eternal life in and through him. And of course, we notice that we have all experienced at one point, as disciples did, the loss of a loved one. And sometimes the grief that it brings, the overwhelming sense of that, that deep despair, that deep, deep sense of loss. These women in chapter 20, verse 1, who are coming to see the grave of Christ, Believe, they fully believed that Jesus was the Messiah. But somehow they missed out on the message that he was going to rise again. And boy, were they going to be in for a surprise that day. I'm sure their hopes were shattered as they saw him bleed on a cross. I'm sure that this was a difficult journey to the tomb that morning, especially as they were walking towards the tomb where they know Christ had been buried and all the thoughts that would have permeated their minds and all the things that had transpired 
the last three years of ministry that Christ had, and they're wondering, what did it all mean? And in verse 2 we read, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. As they made their way, their way to the grave that morning, there was a great earthquake. Things began shaking. Well, that was the only earthquake. It was like a bombshell throughout the history of mankind. The fact that Jesus Christ would rise from the dead. And this was just a precursor to the greatest event of all time. And apparently they experienced the shaking of the ground and this earthquake as well. And as they arrived at the tomb, the stone was rolled away from the door. I guess they really hadn't really thought about it. It would have created great wonder as they looked and saw this big, huge stone that had been rolled away. The stones were placed at the door to secure the grave from robbers and from thieves, and sometimes there would be a wax seal placed on it so it could not be broken, which had happened in in Christ's case. Typically, a grave was hewn at the entrance uh, to a tomb, and a large circular rock weighing several tons was rolled in place. And they're often, as I said, sealed with sometimes with wax, sometimes with mud. It just depended just so that nobody could break that seal. And that's what Rome had done. Clearly, the women, as they, they were going to the tomb that morning, did not have the sufficient power or strength to uh, roll back that stone, but they just really never thought about it. The sepulcher was open when they arrived. This wasn't done to let Jesus out, but to allow them to view his absence in the tomb. He is not here, he is risen. And could you imagine the astonishment and the amazement as these women come and see the stone rolled away, they see the empty tomb, and they're going like, oh my goodness, what has happened? Not only was a stone rolled away from the tomb, but there was a heavenly visitor at the tomb. Take a look in verse 3. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him the guards trembled and became like dead men. The guards, no doubt the best pilot had, were passed out in fear of the angel. He had rolled the stone from the door and was seated on it. And that would strike fear in the heart of any person. And these weren't little chubby little cherubim. This was an angel in all his grandeur and strength as a servant of the Lord Most High, accomplishing God's will and plan uh, for Christ. His heavenly countenance shone like bright as lightning. He was clothed in a garment white as snow. And again, imagine the amazement the gals are walking towards the tomb. They've, they've got all these thoughts going through their head. They see, the st- they come to the tomb. Not only is there an earthquake, the stone is rolled away, and there is an angel in white raiment sitting on the stone with kind of a smile on his face. I kind of picture the angel with his hand, arms crossed like, yeah, look what's going on. Yeah, this is going to shake your, this is going to rock your world. Of course, they didn't talk like that back then. Uh, notice in verse 5, but the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was, past tense, crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come and see the place where he lay. The absence of Christ from the tomb would have been a great surprise to the women, because they came expecting a lifeless body to remain there. The angel confirms that, he, that they were seeking Jesus, who was crucified, but he reminded them, he is risen from the dead. And it, it, you know, it was so hard to get it through the mindset of the people back in that day. And even if that were to happen today, my friend, it would still be hard for people to comprehend. Because nobody today rises from the dead. There's only one person, and that is Jesus Christ. They were invited by the angel to look in the sepulcher and see the place where Jesus had lain. 
He was no longer there. Victorious over death, over sin, and the devil. Done. Finished. Jesus had tasted death, but he had risen in victory. That's really the glorious message of Easter that we celebrate. Jesus died for the sin of the world, and the grave could not hold him. Praise God. He willingly had laid down his life for our sin, but he had rose triumphant from the grave over sin, over death, and over hell itself. We have hope and assurance today because Jesus Christ lives. We see in verse 7, the angel tells them these words. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples because this news was just stupendous. The women had witnessed the empty tomb and they're told to share the news with the disciples. Jesus had died, but he lives again. Hope may have seemed lost at the cross and buried in the tomb, but it had risen with the dawn as Christ himself came forth victorious. The women actually were the first to share the good news of the gospel, but they were not the last. We too must be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, my friend. The saved have received the gospel message. We know that the Lord lives and continues to live. He continues to save those who would place their faith and trust in what he has done for them. And so we must proclaim that glorious news of the resurrection to the entire world, that Jesus lives today. The tomb is empty and Christ has risen. He has triumphed over sin and death. There is hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. And then we see that, try to imagine the hurt and the grief that women and disciples had felt during this time. They believed in Jesus as the Christ. They were confident he was the Son of God. But for the disciples, their hopes had been shattered at Calvary. Here they discover hope was not lost. They would see Christ again. He planned to meet them in Galilee, and they would see the Lord. And that truth thrills my heart today, that we will see Jesus uh, once again. Because by faith, I place my faith and trust in him. I'm confident that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. I also personally know him as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says he's now seated at the right hand of God, and he's coming again for the church, the body of Christ. The saved by grace will one day meet Jesus in the air as he returns for his bride. What a glorious day that will be. And then we'll be ushered into the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll enjoy his glorious presence in heaven. And, and that'll happen throughout all eternity. Verse 8, we read that they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. This is a moment that, in a sense, it, the, the, the lights came on for these dear ladies. Doubt and fear met hope and assurance. They came expecting to anoint a dead body, but left with the promise of meeting the Lord. They ran with fear, with reverence and honor, with great joy. Could you imagine as they ran, just hard to believe what they had heard and what they had seen. They couldn't wait to share the good news with the disciples. He is risen. He's not dead. Life brings its share to many of us with many difficulties. 
We've gathered this morning on Resurrection Sunday to worship the Lord, but many here are carrying different burdens. And so our troubles will not melt away, but we have the assurance today that regardless of what we're going through, Jesus lives. And right now he is interceding before the Father on your behalf. He's praying for you this morning. We have the guarantee of eternal life in Christ. There's a reason for fear and for great joy today. Our Lord lives, and the Bible says He's preparing a place in heaven for us. Uh, we think of that passage in John 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus Christ, my friend, He's coming again. The saved one day will enter His presence, and we will never, ever leave. Then verse 9, we read this. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. As their women made their way back to town, they encountered the risen Lord. He had met them in the way, and he spoke to them. I think the women would have been overcome in his presence, and they worshipped him as they bowed down to him. I'm convinced they were just compelled to worship because this was beyond their greatest imagination because they, everything started to, to make sense because he had said he would rise again and now he had risen, he was standing before them and they thought, he's not dead, he's alive. Wow! The one they sought was before him, before them. They'd seen his lifeless body taken away from the cross and now he stood before them. All he said was true. He was the Christ, the Savior, and Lord, and worship became natural as they bowed at his feet and worshiped him. Of all the days that we gather as a church of believers, today is the day we ought to worship the risen Christ. If you are Christ, you know Christ as these women did, that's fantastic. See, Christ is worthy of our worship every single day, and especially today as we celebrate the fact he is risen. Our Lord lives. He paid the debt for the sin we owed. He gave His life as a ransom for our sin. There's hope, salvation, and life in Jesus Christ. And we must praise and worship Him for all He has done. Verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So Jesus promised the disciples they would see Him in Galilee, but He also reveals a great truth here. Jesus confirms that he is who he said he was. He fulfilled the plan and purpose of God. He finished the work he came to perform. If there's any doubt, all doubt should be put to rest. So what do we conclude from this passage? Today, of all days, we should be reminded of Jesus' finished work. I've experienced it by faith, and I'm confident in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he's done. And I know that he lives even today, as I said earlier in the message, praying for you and I that we would seek to follow his ways and walk in his word. Jesus Christ took my place and took your place on the cross. He bore our sin. He bore our shame. He tasted death for our redemption. He rose again victorious over sin, death, and the devil. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I place my faith in Christ in one that he will never, ever fail. He's gone away, but as I said, he's coming again. Maybe I should ask you today, 
what is the purpose of your life? What are you living for? You know, we can get distracted by so many things that are going on around us. But as I said earlier in the message, a lot of people today live life without purpose. And living life without purpose leads to despair. despair. It leads to um, loneliness. It leads to all kinds of challenges. The biggest thing that we can do in order to find purpose in life is first of all, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for you. He rose again, victorious over death, and also promises eternal life to all those who place their faith and trust in what he did for them on the cross. Follow him and you will find eternal purpose and eternal life. And again, I ask, and as I close with this, who do you follow? I trust it's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to our hearts. Bless us, encourage us in our walk. And Lord, help us rejoice today that you are risen from the dead and that you ever live looking forward, Lord, to your coming. And when you will come and take us to be with you, Lord, how we look forward to that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you, and I hope you have a great Easter.